This is Shine On, the health and happiness show, with new episodes every week on how to live well. Shine On is heard all over the world as a podcast, but it's heard first on the radio in New York's Hudson Valley. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you for tuning in to Shine On. We're going to start off with a little star power today. Chaz Palminteri is our guest, along with comedian Peter Vogel. You know Chaz Palminteri, the Academy Award nominee, the Broadway legend for A Bronx Tale, the Westchester guy. He is bringing a show he's directing to Westchester, just down the street from his house at the Bedford Playhouse on November 17th. How did this come to be? Well, one night, Chaz was a guest at a show in Florida, and that's where he saw Peter Fogel performing the one-man show, Till Death Do Us Part, You First. I was doing the show in Florida in a small theater, and a buddy of mine says, I need to put a comp for another buddy. I go, who is it? He goes, it's not important. Just do me a favor, put the comp in. And then now Chaz can take over. Chaz was the comp. Yeah, I saw the show, and it was just, you know, I've been married 30 years, and I sat there, and... I just could not get over how he nailed it about about relationships and about uh, it was just so funny but touching and warm. And I said to him, I said, you know, you, you really have something here, and, it, and it's bigger than what you have. And uh, you know, I, I was very blessed. I produced a few one man shows because Robert De Niro, uh, you know, discovered me, and uh, I like to, you know, lend a hand when I see really talented people with something there, like a diamond in the rough to help them. So I saw the show, I spoke to Peter, and I said, look, this is bigger than what it is. It's funny, and it, and it could actually be funnier if you make some changes, and he was very uh, accepted he accepted that, and uh, we got together and we, uh, we did this uh, show. Wow. So it was De Niro who discovered you with the Bronx Tale? Is that the story? Well, De Niro discovered me with Bronx Tale. That's correct. So I wanted to help. I produced a few other one-man shows like this where I saw someone and I, you know, and I helped them because it, it, it's about really, uh, you know, passing it on, you know, uh, people help you, you got to help them. So uh, I made it one of my missions. And when, and when I saw this show, I said, well, this is one funny guy. It was really hysterical. And people just sit there, you know, you can see couples nudging each other and looking at each other and hitting each other and laughing. And uh, I just thought it was something that I want to be involved in. It's called Till Death Do Us Part. You first. And basically, as I told Chaz, the inciting incident, if if we're talking about a movie, is that a a woman that I was dating for a while dumped me on Valentine's Day. She dumped me on Valentine's Day. She goes, I I told you this, Chaz, she goes, that evening, she goes, what are your intentions? I go, I I thought a movie and, and dinner. She goes, what are our intentions with us? Where are we going in this relationship? And she obviously didn't like the answer. And she says, you know, we're talking about marriage. And I always kind of back you know, backhanded the, you know, I, I changed the subject as most men do of a certain age. And she dumped me in Valentine's Day. And that's really what the show is about is a woman that dumps me on Valentine's Day. I'm in shock walking around trying to figure out. And Chaz is my, is the voice of my conscience. He's kind of guiding me as the director of my show. The audience knows the show is being directed by Chaz, but they didn't know he's my conscience. Oh, cool. So he's my mentor. 
he's helping, he's the glue within in a voiceover. He's not appearing, but he's going to be in a voiceover. And he's helping me figure out, as he does in life when I ask him for um, opinions, because he has, he's a wise man. It's really a show within a show. Right. Audience know he's directing, but now they're going to know that he's my, my voice and my conscience throughout the whole 80 minutes of uh, laughter and pathos, as we call it. And we're going to see you do this at Bedford Playhouse November 17th. But I first have to just back up and say, on behalf of women, gentlemen, that was a really brave thing your ex did on Valentine's Day was to muster her courage and say, where is this going? You know, there are so many women who have had to ask that question. And when you have to ask that question, it's usually not the answer you want if you have to ask the question. So you were dumped on Valentine's Day. So first, I just have to say cheers to her for asking and also cheers to her because she's given you a hit show too, right? Yes. All the stories that Chaz and I go over, and by the way, Chaz and I have been married and I've been single, although I've been in long-term relationships. Uh, we compared notes like two two men going, oh, really? This happens in marriage? He goes, absolutely. Let's put it in the show. And uh, by the way, I'm doing it at the Bedford Playhouse November 17th, but I'm also making my off-Broadway debut at the Triad Theater in New York City November 11th and 12th, three shows. But if folks want to see it at the Bedford Playhouse November 17th, and Gianna Palmateri, Chaz's wife, is producing it at the Bedford Playhouse on November 17th. The Bedford Playhouse, as you know, uh, Clive Davis, he donated and they put it in his name. And he did this incredible renovation of it. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's a great place to see a show, a great place to see a movie, too. And uh, it's right up the block from my house. And uh, we go there, John and I go there all the time. And it should be a fun night at the Bedford Playhouse. It sounds really great. Peter, I wanted to ask you, that night that you found out Chaz was the plus one, what were you thinking? My, My mouth dropped. My mouth dropped. I couldn't believe that was the plus one. He happened to have been in Florida, just as Robert De Niro happened to be in the audience with him over 30 years ago. And I looked at the heavens. I, I, I didn't know what to say. I was intimidated. But then he, he's a very down-to-earth guy. And he says, uh, I happened to have just said to him, you know, I'm looking for a director, not even thinking he would offer, really, when he was discussing it, and he just jumped on it, and then uh, he said, not only will I direct it, but I'll be the voice of your conscience during the show, which makes it, I get to act with jazz. Beautiful. I think Gianna has something to say. Hi. Hi. Yeah, what were you saying, honey? I said it's going to be a great night and a party, and I plan to have all our friends come, and it's going to be a wonderful evening. She'll have a big party and a lot of fun that night at the Bedford Playhouse. Look at him. The 17th, yeah. I hope he's coming to you too, Casey. I would love to. Now, listen, is this Peter Fogel guy directable? Does he got any talent, skills? What does he have? Oh, yeah. I mean, Peter's a pro. Peter's been a comic for, you know, God knows, over 30 years. Let's put it this way. You think Chaz would be directing a show? with an act that doesn't have the chops really. I would, you know, yeah, I would, I would, I wouldn't put my name on something and invest in something if I didn't think it was really funny. That's, that's the first thing. And it, what I like about it is it's very appealable to everyone. And it's not, you know, it's not dirty, it's not filthy, it's, it's just fun. It's just a fun night at the theater. It's a fun night at the theater. That's what I got to say. I do all the characters, the women and the men, so I'm acting back and forth constantly between different voices. I become girlfriends. They're yelling at me. It's, it's so I'm doing about over about like 15 characters yeah. of different voices. And so, oh, uh, Peter, yes. I, I don't doubt your talent. I just wanted to give Chaz the opportunity to gush over you as he did. Now, listen, <laughs> I want to know how exhausted you are at the end of the show. 
Well, when, you have, when you're feeding off the energy of the audience, it's a good high. And when they're laughing, when I look down at chassis, when I look down at audiences, the wives and the men are looking at each other going, see, this is what you put me through. It's all worth it. It, it energizes you, but it, it is a lot of work. It's constant. It's 80 minutes of non-stop laughs for single, divorced, and devoted couples. We have seniors come to the show. We have people in their 40s, 50s. It's anyone that's been single, married, or divorced. They're going to get it. I have had women of a certain age come up to me about internet dating. She goes, oh, did you nail it? Oh, did you nail my life? And that's when, that's when it resonates on a deeper level, right, Chaz? That's when you know you have something special. I think. Absolutely, uh, yeah. I mean, the audience tells you. One thing about a comedy, you know, if they're laughing, it's working. You know, a drama, sometimes you don't know until the end. But a comedy, right. you know, a comedy's hard, as they say. And when they're laughing, it's working. And it was working. Perfect. All right, we're going to find you at the Triad Theater, November 11th and 12th, and then at Bedford Playhouse, November 17th. And everybody can visit tilldeathdoespartheplay.com. I'm so happy you two uh, found each other. And thank you for this. And what what's the future hold? Hopefully, uh, by the way, anyone goes to the Triad, if they want to see the New York City, they can use promo code code 1250 this is a gift to your listeners code 1250 they get a discount and of course they can go to bedfordplayhouse.org for the 17th well hopefully after this run in new york i'll be on the road uh doing it around the country which i've been doing for a while now but this will be uh really the only time you get to see it in the tri-state area either at the triad or at the bedford playhouse so if you're going to come now would be the time to see it that's about it All right, it was great talking to you, Casey. Thanks so much. Have a beautiful day, gentlemen. Thank Thank you. Jazz Palminteri, director of Peter Fogel in Till Death Do Us Part, You First, November 11th and 12th at the Triad Theater, use code 1250. And November 17th at the Bedford Playhouse, Gianna says she's going to make it a party. Bedfordplayhouse.org. Hi, it's Casey, and you're listening to Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show. And now we're going to find out what's going on in your head. Are you spending too much time in your head and not enough time living your life? That's the topic with our guest, Carla Reeves. But first, let me check and see if you did your homework. Did you keep track of your glimmer moments this week? We were talking about them last week. Just these little moments that make you go, ah. And they also help retrain the brain as we are born with a negativity bias, the idea that the reptilian brain is always scanning for danger, so our negativity bias keeps us safe, but it's healthy too to recognize those moments of goodness, those moments of sweetness, those moments of joy, those moments of being carefree, and I hope you took notice of them this week and said, ah, there's a glimmer moment. And if you didn't, try it again this week. I had a few glimmer moments. Spent some time with my niece and we went to the thrift store. Just those good, good days with those little ordinary moments that just mean so much. Yeah, well, I think that comes from my life, right? A lot of my life of just living in my head, getting stuck in my head, spending too much time. I think as humans, we spend too much time thinking about our life and then we do sometimes living it. For me, it kind of goes back to my story is that I 
spent a lot of years trying to check the boxes of what I thought was going to make up that happy, successful life. And I checked those boxes and realized one day that I was, while everything looked good on the outside, I was quite empty on the inside. What kind of boxes were these? And what made you think these were the boxes to check? Yeah, so for me, the boxes were go to college, get a good job, get married, have kids. Those were the boxes. And for me, I think where those came from, I think it was really just my culture and the environment that I grew up in. That's just kind of what you did. Not that my parents said, this is what you have to do, but I think I just absorbed that and thought, this is what I need to do in order to be happy and successful. And I wasn't really ever taught to cultivate more of an inner life. And so I spent so much time in my head trying to get it right, trying to please others and, you know, trying so hard to make make everybody else happy and didn't really know who I was or what I wanted or whether this checklist was even taking me to where I wanted to go. Right, right. When did you notice that, gosh, this doesn't feel right? You know, I was about... 20, like my late 20s, and I was married. I had, you know, I'd gone to college, I'd gotten a job, I got married, and I was a few years into that marriage and realizing something wasn't right. Everything, like I said, it looked good on the outside, but inside I I wasn't happy. I was empty. It felt like this false life I had created, really. Did that and, make you mad? Um, I think there were a range of emotions that I went through. There probably was a stage of being mad, but not mad at anyone else, more mad at myself for abandoning myself. That is a very big statement, Carla Reeves. Do you really feel you abandon yourself? I do in the sense that I felt like I needed to be something different than I was. I really was never taught to listen inside. I was always listening outside for what other people thought and what other people liked and trying to contort myself to fit that. Yeah. So many people do do that. If you aren't brought into this world with parents who were nurtured in this sense, right, they can't nurture you in that sense. So, you know, just go out there and grow yourself. You see what everybody else is doing. Go do that. And and by the way, be the best at that. Be the best. That's right. At that. And I had amazing, loving parents, you know? (laughs) I really did. Yes. Yeah. But they and and the rest of your environment, no one ever reached you in the way that says, hey, Carla, what's going on in your heart? Does this feel safe? Does this feel right? Does this ring true? But now you spend the rest of your life doing just that for other people. Yes. So I had to start doing it for myself, right, first. And so I've spent a lot of years, you know, doing the work in my own life to cultivate that inner life, to really learn to trust that, you know, those inspired nudges inside, to trust my intuition and my instincts and my knowing when something is right or wrong. Um, so I've spent a lot of time cultivating that. And yes, now I have the honor and privilege of really teaching other people to, one, pay attention to what's going on in your head because it's shaping 
shaping and shading the quality of your life in a huge way. And it's the one thing that you can control. And so I really teach people to know what's happening inside of your head because it's influencing your life. And then how do you trade up that thinking and leverage that thinking to influence the quality of your life in a positive way? I'm going to give you a for instance, Carla Reeves, this doesn't happen often because I'm a pretty happy person. You know what I mean? I've been working at this game a long time. But I'll, yes. I'll tell you this. When you talk about paying attention to the thoughts in your head, while I was waiting for you to call in, I had like a really negative thought in my head about myself and my life and my future. You know, it was just like some old zap from some old program. And the first thing I wanted to do is just like bat it away, like get it out of the ballpark, you know, (laughs) like, wow, this thought must be removed. But that's exactly the opposite of what we should do if we want to make progress, right? Well, yes and no. I think, you know, you mentioned like an old program. And I think especially given that you said you've been, you know, done a lot of work in your life, it probably is an old program. And one of the things that I learned after years and years of coaching people is uh, there there is a law I call it your survival model but there is a way of thinking and behaving that literally helped us to survive at some point in our life usually when we were very young and it's not uncommon even when you've done a lot of work in your life to slip back into that survival model way of thinking and that old program that tells you you're less than and not enough and you know everything's wrong <laughs> right mm-hmm. and so Sometimes I think, you know, batting, recognizing it and, and batting it away is okay when you have done the deeper work to understand where those things come from and why they, um, they maybe aren't relevant now in your life and they don't serve you and they don't support you. So I think that can actually be a healthy response at time. Now, if you've never done any kind of exploring to understand where those started, where they came from, and how they don't make sense in your life yet, then it may be important to, like, be curious about that and go a little bit deeper and understand where that's coming from and how it's maybe not relevant anymore or not true, right? I think one of the pitfalls is that we believe everything we think. And that was one of the most liberating concepts I was ever taught is you don't, you, what, you don't have to believe everything you think. <laughs> don't believe everything you think. Carla Reeves of Carla Reeves Coaching, CarlaReeves.com. Build a life true to your values. So how do you know when a thought, like a negative thought pops in your head that says, oh, you could never do that. How do you know the difference if that's an old programmed thought or if it's your guidance and intuition speaking? Well, I don't think your guidance and intuition would knock you down like that. So I think it, it's a good indicator when it's coming from fear or lack or doubt. I don't believe that's usually your intuition or your guidance. But I think one thing is just to stop and pause and look at it, shine a light on it instead of letting it bully you around is just shine a light on it and start to ask, is that real? Is that true? Do I have evidence that supports that? Or do I have, more importantly, do I have evidence that supports something different than that? 
What if I am capable of doing that? So asking different questions even. Now, if I start asking these questions and, you know, noodling around with this idea, when is it that I'm spending too much time in my head, which is where we started? Yes, yes. Well, I think if you're, I think it comes from, you know, really looking at what it is that you want for your life. So, you know, for most people, they want to be more present in their life, right? Like if you look around your life, there's a lot of moments we're missing because we're not present. And so if there's something you desire and spending too much time in your head is preventing you from that, right? Then it's time to look at that and say, you know, why am I spending so much time in my head? What am I thinking about? Are the things I'm thinking about moving me forward or weighing me down? And if they're weighing you down and keeping you stuck, then it's a really good indicator that you either want to do something different. You could start journaling. You could start talking to someone. You could work with a coach, right? Like there's many things that you can do both on your own and through getting support from someone else. But if you're, if you're spending a lot of time just stewing and repeating the same unhealthy thoughts in your head, then it's, it's time to do something different. Beautiful. What does working with a coach look like these days? Well, I can speak for what working with a coach looks like with me, but working with, with a coach looks like spending maybe starting with maybe eight weeks of your time and allowing me to guide you. And I think a lot of coaches do this, right? Guide you through a methodology and a process to first unpack your thinking. So have somebody there with you. We, we actually use journaling, online journaling as the centerpiece to our work together. So unpacking the thinking, just getting out what's happening in your head. How is it impacting your life? Where is it helping you and where is it holding you back? And then we start to apply and I teach tools to think differently and do differently and try new approaches to old problems. And then we start to, once we do some cleaning up of the thinking, you have greater clarity of what is it you really want for your life and is your thinking and your actions moving you in that direction because oftentimes the wires are crossed. So once we get clear on where you're headed, then we start to align all of your thinking and actions towards the things you deeply want in your life. That's kind of the snapshot of the journey that I take with clients to one kind of clean up your thinking, apply new ideas and ways of doing differently, and then moving into greater alignment with what it is that you really want for your life. Carla Reeves is our guest, and I noticed on your website you have mentorship for hyperachievers. What are those? Yeah, so I'm a recovering hyperachiever myself. Um, hyperachievers are people who are incredibly driven, um, like to be very busy, like to be go, go, go. Often entrepreneurs often channel their incredible drive and energy into their work that can cause them to feel out of balance in other areas of their life. And so those are the people I work with to really help them to channel that incredible drive and energy into all facets of their life instead of just one. Anything else our listeners need to know? Uh, Yes. I mean, if they want to get started in this direction, uh, writing and journaling is an incredible tool for, you know, really accessing and getting clear on what's happening in your head and how you can really change things up there so that you can spend more time living and building and creating 
creating the life that you really want. That's Carla Reeves. Carla Reeves Coaching and Mentorship for Hyperachievers. Carla with a C-R-E-E-V-E-S dot com. So I was taking notes. Shine a light on your thoughts. Look for evidence. When you get a nagging thought, look for evidence to see if that's true or false. Your guidance and intuition would not knock you down. I like that one a lot. That was the reminder I needed. I try to keep my thoughts nice and clean, but it's nice to have a reminder. Thank you, Carla Reeves. Here's a reminder for you. Our next women's retreat is February in Assening. Find out more at caseysplace.com. I'm really looking forward to that. We're putting together the theme. What do you want? What do you need? And how can we build some support around that? I'll probably have a few surprises before February for sure. But that's the next big thing we're working on. I so appreciate you listening. I really, really do. Keep in touch at caseysplace.com. And to find out more about the foundational work, visit letitshineonline.com. We're having a good time there as well. And it's time now for our thought for the day. And it comes from Dr. Steve Maraboli, who said, The universe doesn't give you what you ask for with your thoughts. It gives you what you demand with your actions. Shine on. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show, with new episodes every week. It's your time to shine on. Shine on.